the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning, People's Baptist Church, and welcome to all who have joined us for this worship service that is being live-streamed from the sanctuary of People's Baptist Church of Boston. It's a delight to greet you and to know that you are doing well, and I hope that you will be free of the coronavirus, and that you will be able to listen to God's word and to worship him this morning, giving him thanks for his faithfulness and his protection during these times in which we're living. The title of the message today is Love is the Answer. Love is the Answer. We live in a broken world. Racial and ethnic hostility is perhaps the most foremost or the foremost social problem facing our world. We should not underestimate the devastating effects of racism in America, even in this age of coronavirus. White supremacist groups Neo-Nazis and others gather regularly to espouse their racist ideas. The horror of Ahmad Arbery's murder is a recent example of the continuing terror faced by African Americans. To this day, African Americans are the last hired and the first fired. We suffer the worst poverty, the highest unemployment, the highest childhood hunger and malnutrition, and the most inadequate health care. Today we make up a disproportionate number of those killed or infected by the coronavirus. The powers that be express shock and outrage at the uh, statistics as if they were surprised but little we know will happen to change the situation in the days, months, or even years to come. Tragically, many who profess to be Christians have largely turned a blind eye to racism or have been willing to stand aside while others take the lead in racial reconciliation. But racism is not just a social problem. Racism is a sin. 
And therefore, only the supernatural love of God can change the hearts of mankind in a lasting way and replace hatred and indifference with love and compassion. No other institution exists beside the church that can bring people together week after week and deal with their deepest hurts and suspicions. Christians should be the most active in demonstrating the love of God for every human being, especially the poor, the oppressed, and the marginalized need to hear from believers. Christianity affirms the intrinsic value and dignity of every human being because we are created in the image of God. Authentic Christianity does not degrade others. It seeks to create peace and to break down barriers. The love of God is the core belief of Christianity, and all Christians need to understand the Bible's teaching on love. The word love is used in the New Testament as seeking the welfare and happiness of others. This is the way it is used in John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In the Greek language, there are three words used for love. Phileo, which describes a relationship between friends and family members. Eros, which describes a relationship between a man and a woman. And agape, used only in the New Testament, describes God's kind of love, self-giving love. Agape, or divine love, has nothing to do with feeling or liking somebody. John uses the word agape 28 times in the 21 verses of 1 John chapter 4. Today I want us to focus on verses 7 through 12. The three ideas John wants us to grasp are, first, that love for one another is very important for us as Christians. In John chapter 4, 7 and 8, John says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And then in Chapter 3 and verse 11, he says, This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Now, love is the decision of the will, but it is also something every Christian will want to do because of the relationship we have with God. When we become Christians, when we are given a new and divine nature, God's love is imparted to us by the Holy Spirit. The King James says, says that uh, God's love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. 
Consequently, the natural thing for the believer in Christ is to love. Loving one another is simply the manifestation of the divine nature which God has implanted in us. When you first accepted Christ as your Savior, if you were an adult, did you not notice a desire to be kind and helpful to people who earlier you resented and wanted to avoid? Co-workers who used to get on your nerves and upset you now become recipients of kindness, and they notice the change in your attitude and behavior. So that was God's love at work in you. As Christians, we are to love our fellow human beings, not because they are lovable or nice or pleasant to us. It does not matter whether a person is rich or poor, black or white, young or old, male or female, Republican or Democrat. We have an obligation to love them. Indeed, we are commanded to do so by our Lord. Love sees one thing only, and that is, here is another person created into the image of God like me, with all of the longing, the heartaches, the hopes, the dreams, and frustrations of life like me. Here's another person struggling as I am with the problems of life. What can I do to help? Love asks. That kind of love, says John, comes from God. Therefore, wherever the life of God is present, their love is found. And if love is not found, the life of God is not present. It is no good claiming that you know God if the love of God is not found in your life. If you cannot treat people in a loving manner and see beyond their racial or ethnic differences, their irritating qualities that may offend you and be nice to them, If your reaction to those who offend you is one of opposition, rejection, and instant antagonism, then it is no good saying that you belong to God. That is not God's life. That is not God's love. John's argument is that if the life of God is present in us, the love of God will be there also. But... Secondly, John says God's love is seen in his action at Calvary. In verses 9, 9 and 10 of John chapter 4, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, the Apostle Paul says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Note the character of God's love. It's a love for those who are sinners, those who are his enemies. God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son. What world? The world made up of men and women like you and me. The world that consists of the people who fill the pages of our newspapers with the ugly reports of crime, violence, deceit, greed, hate, perversion, and a thousand other sins. I don't know about you, but there are times the negative attitudes and ungodly behavior of um, both people I see on television and people I know cause my blood to boil and my temper to rise. But I have to remind myself that evil is also in my heart and in the hearts of every human being. God sees the ugliness in my heart and in the hearts of all humanity. He sees our rebellion, our disobedience, and our self-will. And what is his response to us? Is it anger? Is it rejection? Is it judgment? No, it is love. He loved sinful human beings so much that he gave himself to rescue us from our sins. In the person of his son, Jesus Christ, God came and lived among us and died upon the cross, a cross of shame in the very world his hands made. Why? So that the chains of fear and hate and evil which bind us might be broken and that he might transform us into his children to live with him eternally. I know of no message on God's earth that has such hope and love and joy and peace and satisfaction for the human heart as God dying to save undeserving sinners like you and me. John says, if you want to measure love, use that as your standard. Do not measure love by the warm affection of your heart toward God. Naturally, if God has blessed you, helped you, and strengthened you, you will feel a warm affection toward him. But that is not the measure of love. It is when you love your enemy, when you forgive those who have wronged you, when you help those in need, when you love people who deserve only your scorn, when you overlook the faults of others, and when you consider the needs of others above yourself. Can you imagine a world where marriages stay together because people agreed to love no matter what, till death do we part? Can you imagine a world where people love the sick and the poor and the marginalized with a sacrificial love? Can you imagine a world where people love each other regardless of their race, religion, class, or ability? Can you imagine that kind of love? It starts with you loving others as God has loved you. But thirdly, John says, we have an obligation to love one another. In verse, in verse 11, John says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Now, here is the answer to every lame excuse on our part, which says, Oh, I just can't love that person. You don't know what he or she is like. If you had to live with him or her as I have, you wouldn't be able to love him or her either. 
You see, John is saying that if you have experienced the new birth, if you have been to the cross and have felt the overwhelming power of God's love for you, you ought to love one another, not because they love you or because they deserve your love. We are apt to look at the worthiness of those that we want to help. But God is gracious to the unthankful and even to those who are evil. He makes the sun to rise and his rain to fall for the unjust as well as the righteous. Therefore, as his children, we have an obligation to love the unlovely and the unloving. But just as God has a special love for his own people, we who belong to him ought to have a special love for all who are his and to everyone else. Of course, if we do not have the life of God in us, we cannot love one another as God requires. Do not try to fake love for others as so many do all the time. How do you know when they are faking love, when they seem so nice to your face, that's right, that's right. but cut you to pieces behind your back by gossip or backbiting. That is not love. Love is consistent. A preacher tells a story of a man in a church he served who was thought of to be a very godly man because of his outward appearance of religion. He would get up and sing in front of the congregation with great skill. He was able to move people to tears with his songs. He served the church for many years as a deacon, a trustee, a treasurer, and an elder. He was always in the church whenever the doors were opened. He had memorized many passages of scripture and could quote them word for word. He volunteered for many acts of service. He had a morally pure life. He was a pillar of the church and a very religious man. Yet he was also known to be a very hateful man. Not only did he have a sour disposition, a vengeful heart, and an acid tongue, but he was a member of a well-known southern hate group. According to John, this man did not know God, no matter how many outward signs of religion he showed. Without love, all of his religion was useless because he did not know the love of God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 7, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You see, it is not the words, I love you, that is important. It is our action. So love is what love does. Actions speak louder than words. That is the test of love. Whenever we are willing to 
to love, God will do the loving through us. John says in, in verse 12, No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Or as the NIV says, his love is made complete in us. This is a wonderful truth that John expresses here. You see, if you get nothing else from this sermon, get this particular truth. God's love cannot be seen in nature. Look at the killer uh, tornadoes and the storms and the floods and uh, the wild animals uh, that preys on one another and one fish feeds on the other. In nature, there is a survival of the fittest. The only place the love of God can be seen, apart from Calvary, is in those who share his nature, those who have been born again by the Spirit. God's love is made visible to an unbelieving world when Christians love one another and love their neighbor as themselves. More people will be drawn to Christ and the church by seeing Christians loving each other than by all the singing and shouting and testifying that we may do in church. As long as we are nice only to our friends or to those who are nice to us, no one has any idea that God is present. But when we start being nice to those who are nasty to us, when we start returning good for evil, when we start being patient, tender, thoughtful, and considerate of others who are stubborn, unselfish, and mean, then people get the sense that God is present. People may not be acquainted with the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, but they are always reading the gospel according to you. If they cannot read it clearly, it is because there is not much display of the love of God in your life as a Christian. God is pleased when we express his love in deliberate acts of kindness, thoughtfulness, and consideration one to another. The result, says John, is that God's love is complete in us. Now, what does John mean by that statement? He means that God's love reaches its ultimate and final conclusion only when it becomes visible in us. God's love is incomplete and incomprehensible until it is displayed or demonstrated or exhibited in a living human being in flesh and blood in you and me. In 1962, Ernest Gordon wrote a book called Through the Valley of the Kwai. It's a story of God made visible in loving action. During World War II, Ernest Gordon spent three and a half years in a Japanese prison camp. He told of how the prisoners first turned to God, expecting him to come to their aid immediately. As time passed and the prisoners were not delivered, they felt God had abandoned them. The Japanese soldiers treated the prisoners brutally. A selfish type of existence emerged among the prisoners. They fought with each other over the slightest provocation. They stole from each other. They refused to care for the sick and dying or even to bury their dead. 
Gardner related how a miracle of love happened in the camp. It started when just a few people started practicing self-giving love. The prisoners nursed Ernest Gordon while he was seriously ill. One man starved to death while sharing food to keep another man alive. One prisoner took an undeserved execution rather than allow the entire work crew to be executed. The self-giving love of the few became contagious. Prisoners began to help each other. They nursed the sick, helped the weak, comforted the dying, and buried the dead. The prisoners not only helped their fellow prisoners, but they also found opportunity to help their captives, their enemies. Is if we claim to know Christ, then we must choose to love as Jesus did. We must forgive those who have wronged us. We must love those who don't deserve it. We must sacrifice for those who cannot repay us. God's kind of love will offer sympathy to those who sorrow, assistance to those who are in need, comfort to those who fear, hope to those who are in despair, encouragement to those who are discouraged, and healing to those who are hurt. This love will reach out to the lonely, the prodigal, the underprivileged, the disabled, the wounded, the hopeless, the oppressed, the troubled, and the incarcerated. This kind of love knows no limitations, no boundaries. It will turn the other cheek. It will go the second mile, the third mile, the fourth mile, or whatever is necessary in order to salvage and to strengthen someone who needs help. It will defend the orphans, strengthen the weak, comfort the dying, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the incarcerated, regardless of the time or cost involved. Where this kind of love is, burdens become lighter, hearts become tender, words become sweeter, lives become richer, hopes become brighter, conflicts become fewer, attitudes become better and deeds become kinder. Isn't it good to love and be loved? You see, love is the answer. And to God be the glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.